Hi, I'm Denise Bailey. And I'm Dr. Monica Parker. And you're listening to My Parents Are Now My Kids, a medical doctor's view and daughter's journey through memory loss and other dementias. As a doctor, I'll help you navigate through the often confusing, confounding, and frequently frustrating technical aspects of dementia. And as a daughter, I'll share with you some things I've experienced caring for and loving my parents who both struggled with these disorders. We want you to have hope and to see that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And we'll tell you that sometimes that light is coming straight at you and you just have to get out of the way. Let's get started. Hi, Dr. Monica. Hi, Dr. Denise. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much for asking. Well, today we'd like to talk about Parkinson's disease dementia. We've talked about all the different types of dementia, and this is one of the ones we'd like to touch upon today under the umbrella of dementia. And um, many of our listeners may be familiar with Parkinson's disease and Uh, When I think of Parkinson's disease, um, I think of a famous person that many people may know, um, Muhammad Ali, um, who sadly passed away many years ago, uh, the former heavyweight boxing champion of the world. And when I would see a video of Muhammad Ali, I would see the tremors and the shaking. And that's what I think of when I think of Parkinson's disease. It's typically associated with movement or motor symptoms like tremors and shaking. But uh, some people may be surprised to learn that there's some non-motor symptoms or cognitive changes with Parkinson's disease. Am I right? Yes, yes. Some of these symptoms, um, forgetfulness is what we always associate with Alzheimer's, but you can have some of that with Parkinson's. But rather than forgetfulness, it's sort of like a slowed thinking process. It's sort of like, okay, that doesn't look quite right. Let me fix it. But it's sort of like slow motion thinking is what I would like to say. Okay. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're off kilter. It's just taking you longer to respond to things as compared to somebody who doesn't have cognitive deficits. Other things that you may notice, uh, mood changes. People with Parkinson's disease are more likely to suffer from depression or um, uh, I'm, I'm thinking this Matt, they just seem to exhibit no emotionalism, no loss of they, uh, loss of emotional um, fluctuation, I guess that might be the same thing, but uh, sleep disturbances, poor facial expression, emotional expression. Uh, changes in their ability to smell. We think of loss of smell when we think of COVID, but in addition to tremors and difficulty walking or um, moving your body, rigidity is, I think, the thing that we most commonly associate with Parkinson's. It's all these other things, emotional things, behavioral changes, like in terms of mood, uh, sleep disturbances. We, We say autonomic things, like people may start sweating for no reason. Those are other things that go along with it. But the thinking part is more like processing. It takes longer to process the information, just like it takes longer to make a step. So with people with Parkinson's disease that may move from 
the motor deficiencies into the cognitive deficiencies. That comes in that order. Is that correct? You you notice the motor uh, problems first, and then it progresses to the cognitive. Right. And and the best way for me to tell you that is keep in mind that this is a neurodegenerative disorder, a neurodegenerative process. So as the degeneration proceeds, you will have more of the cognitive, affective um, features. Affective meaning the emotional uh, component of how we all live. Okay. So as Parkinson's progresses and people can develop more significant or severe memory problems, is that when the Parkinson's-related memory problems become permanent cognitive changes that can lead to dementia? They're all permanent neurologic changes. Uh, The Parkinson's dementia, again, it, it depends upon, everybody is different. It doesn't progress in quite the same way that Alzheimer's does. And everybody's course in Parkinson's may be a little bit different. So as the neurodegenerative process progresses, you are more likely to see cognitive changes. Okay. So we talked in the past about Lewy body dementia. And Mm -hmm. can you just briefly tell our listeners one more time what Lewy body dementia, and I'll explain why I'm asking that. Okay, in Lewy body dementia and Parkinson's dementia, you have something called an alpha synuclein protein that starts to accumulate in different parts of the brain. Okay, a lot of people who have Lewy body dementia will exhibit similar signs of rigidity and mobile difficulties as somebody who has Parkinson's because the part of the brain that's affected is the same the accumulation of the uh, alpha-synuclein protein occurs in the deep deep nuclei of the brain. Um, Similar parts of the brain are affected. A similar accumulation of these abnormal proteins is the same in Parkinson's as it is in Lewy body dementia. People with Parkinson's disease on autopsy will have Lewy body inclusions as somebody who has only Lewy body dementia. Okay. Well, that's, that's why I mentioned it, because I had read that there was some sort of connection and correlation, even saying that Parkinson's dementia may fall under the umbrella of Lewy body dementia. And I know as a layman, it's, it's really confusing for me, but I'm just trying to make it plain for our listeners. So am I right that, that, Parkinson's dementia falls sort of under the umbrella of Lewy body dementia? They have similar features. I would not make them the same thing. Okay. So because they have shared features, that could be confusing. So does this hamper like a diagnosis so you can tell the difference between having Parkinson's disease dementia and body dementia? No. That's why one of the things we're advocating for our listeners is getting an evaluation, a comprehensive evaluation by a competent neurologist and or center that specializes in neurodegenerative diseases because it's frequently difficult to tease out these things. So just as we've talked about before, going to a doctor's office and having a memory screen 
isn't something that gives you a diagnosis of Alzheimer's. It indicates that something is wrong. So the only way that we will know um, the differences are, number one, we look at an MRI or a PET scan, depending upon what the problem is, to look at the brain features. So the brain features and somebody who's living with either one of these disorders are similar and dissimilar at the same time. We look at biomarkers. Those are things that are in the blood or in the cerebrospinal fluid. Um, and we analyze to see what these differences are. We're looking for certain proteins. And only after you've done these kinds of analyses, whether it's a biomarker you're looking for on a PET scan or a biomarker that you're looking at in blood or cerebral spinal fluid, can you really begin to tell the difference? On the surface of things, symptoms look the same, but just because the symptoms are the same doesn't mean the disease is the same. So how do you treat the difference between, we already know that there's no cure for dementia, but how do you treat the difference then between Parkinson's dementia and the symptoms of Lewy body dementia? You don't. The objective in managing Parkinson's disease is to control the motor functions so that the person can be more functional, can ambulate, mobilize, and do what most of us do every day better. The goal in Parkinson's is to help improve their functionality and their mobility. The goal in Lewy body dementia is similar, but they have fewer motor symptoms, and in neither of them is the objective to keep somebody's cognitive function the same. That's not the objective. That's not the treatment process for either disease at this point. So the objective is to treat the symptoms, the motor symptoms of Parkinson's disease. Right. And the, right. And the cognitive issues are what they will be. They are what they will be. But you can... Um, try you know, some physical and cognitive exercises to try to help this, the person you know, survive and thrive as well as they can. That's correct, right? Right. So one of the symptoms or one of the things, cognitive things that needs to be treated or ma uh, managed in people with Parkinson's disease is hallucinations. And you get that in Lewy body disease as well. So people with Parkinson's disease may develop hallucinations in the treatment for Parkinson's with the Cinemets and the Levodopas and things like that may contribute to their developing hallucinations. And a lot of times the hallucinations you get as a result of the brain deterioration can be exacerbated by the medicines we give people to control their physical mobility symptoms, the Levodopa and the Cinemet for managing Parkinson's disease. You know, hallucinations and things are different from dementia. Mm -hmm. That's right? True. Right, that's true. Because my father at one point was having some, I guess it was hallucinations and some of the medications that were prescribed tried to, you know, help him in that area. So. His were his hallucinations. I don't feel were a part of Parkinson's because my father was never diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. But you're saying that some of the medications that that Parkinson's sufferers are given could contribute to hallucinations. 
Yes. Okay. Okay. Medications out there that can help with that? The medicines that are prescribed to help with the hallucinations are what we call antipsychotic medications. Mm -hmm. Those medications are not disease-modifying therapies. They help with hallucinations. These would be the same kinds of medicines you would give to somebody who was paranoid. An example might be a medication called Risperdal or Seroquel or Abilify. Finally, I guess I just want to know or let our listeners know if they suspect that their loved one may um, have symptoms of Parkinson's disease, you touched upon it. What is the first thing they should do? The first thing that they should do is consult a competent medical professional. They should observe Be sure that they report to the doctor exactly what it is that they are observing so that the doctor can order the appropriate tests. And realize that it could lead to, um, besides the motor deficiencies, it could lead into cognitive deficiencies. And uh, And we just have to try to treat the motor deficiencies and the cognitive deficiencies may or may not present themselves. That's true. There are some people who will have profound motor difficulties. And again, remember with Parkinson's uh, cognitive deficits, you're more likely to have a very slowed thinking process, but that does not necessarily mean that somebody has dementia. It's a neurodegenerative process, depending upon how much of the nervous system has degenerated, you will have both combination physical motor deficits, you will have thinking deficits, and you may have hallucinations, which are a little bit different, but they all may exist in the same individual. But Parkinson's disease progresses very differently in every individual. The medication uh, treatments and regimens for Parkinson's patients are very different and extremely varied, whereas And same thing with Lewy body, I guess you can say that, but it depends upon what the symptoms are. If somebody's symptoms in Lewy body are significant hallucinations, people are going to work on controlling and managing those hallucinations. Okay. Well, this is a layman question here and probably not an answer and and don't laugh at me, but can, how do I say this? If you suspect your loved one has Parkinson's disease and is diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, will they definitely have Parkinson's dementia sometime in the future? Not necessarily. Somebody with Parkinson's disease will not necessarily develop Parkinson's dementia. Thank you. That's what I wanted to know. I think it's very important when you're observing these things to seek out the care of a super subspecialist. You know, neurologists are like other physicians. They have subspecialties within their specialty. And there are certain centers around the country and in different states that may have these specialty centers. So getting certainly a good evaluation by your primary care doctor to rule out things that can be fixed is one thing. Then getting that referral to the general neurologist to do a more comprehensive examination 
and likely come up with a conclusive diagnosis. And then furthering that, there are certain centers around the country that specialize in different types of dementia exclusively, like Parkinson's, for example. Those are the kinds of things that you need to do once you get a diagnosis. What is that doctor called that specifically can diagnose Parkinson's dementia? Is it a neurologist? It's a neurologist, but we call him a movement disorder specialist. He's a neurologist who's a movement disorders. And because all movement disorders are not Parkinson's, that's why we call them movement disorders. Just like we have dementing disorders, Parkinson's have movement disorders. Wonderful. I think that will help our listeners. So that was some great information. I learned something today. And I thank you, Dr. Monica. Thank you, Dr. Denise. See you next time.